Welcome back to Tudor's Podcast. In the last episode, we heard how various Sikhs of Guru Hargobind fought in war. Nahalu, Ananta, Tota, Tadloka, and others. The battle now continues, describing how such a massive and vicious war was raging. The swords were glistening, and at that point, Guru Hargobind was imbued with rage like a tiger. He was letting off arrows into the massive lines of the Mughals. They were running, looking for cover. They couldn't handle these arrows. They had no shame in running. The arrowhead of these arrows was so sharp and wide and strongly attached to the shaft of the arrow. On the back of the arrow, there were these beautiful feathers and the notch at the back where it attaches to the bowstring, that was covered in gold. The bowstring was weighted at no tank, nine tanks. So that's a measurement on how much force is required to pull the bowstring back to its full length. Bows were made of various uh, stiffness. This measurement is incredibly stiff. It's weighted at about 200 kilograms, so that's about 445 pounds, roughly. That's how much force would be required to draw the bowstring back to its full length, and that's how strong Guru Hargobind was in pulling it back. Who would be saved if they were hit with one of these arrows then? These arrows were flying so quickly in the air, piercing and going straight through the enemy. Blood flowed forth, and they fell very quickly. The speed of the arrows coming into the lines was confusing everybody. They didn't know at what moment they were going to be finished off. The arrows were whizzing by in the air so fast like a flying snake was hissing. One person was hit, another behind him, and even a third behind that person would get hit by the same arrow. All of them would fall straight to the ground. The great warrior, the exalted Guru Hargobind, was letting off arrows like a cloud letting off rain. The Guru's roar, his challenges out to the Mughals, they were like thunder. And the vicious bow he had in his hand looked like a rainbow. Great anger was flowing across the battlefield in all directions, like heavy wind. And the horses roaming on the battlefield were like peacocks dancing. The blood flowing on the battlefield was like the streams from the rain. And the Jogunis, the crows, the vultures were all drinking it up in happiness. The warriors on the battlefield, Bandekhan, Bidichan, the Mohan, Gopala, there was Jat, the Resolute, Paragad, Bada as well, they all arrived. Takatu, Malakajati was there as well, roaming and killing the enemy there. There was Devidas, Krishna, other warriors like Uddha, Dao, Deal, Pago, Patu, other brothers, Hira, Tira, were waging such vicious war. Chaju, Gaju, Mohuru, all the others from the Rundava clan, they were there as well. Deachan, who was also charging in the battlefield with immense rage. How can we recall all the names of the warriors in the presence of Guru Hargobind, all of whom had such pride and honor and were swiftly striking down at the enemy? They had no fear. Like tigers, they cut through and were roaming amidst the enemy lines, swinging their spears, loading and shooting off their rifles. Some were pulling back their bowstrings and letting off arrows with such force, shooting down thousands of Turks. They saw the enemy, they yelled out, challenged them, they wouldn't back down, they killed them, and dropping them flat to the ground. On the other side, you had the Mughals, Karim Beg with his battalion. You also had Rahim Beg, Ali Beg. They were all charging in. These powerful warriors were on horseback. Along with them, you had Shamsher Beg, Khwaja Beg, Mauj Beg, Hiat Beg, the large Sultan Beg, who was fuming. Behind them all was Mughlas Khan, the main general, yelling at them, pushing them forward, saying, why are you not going forward and destroying them all? 
There was Karim Khan, Ismail Khan, Lutfullah Khan, Kalandar Khan, Muhammad Khan. These cavalry troops pushed forward in great anger. There was also the enraged Salabat Khan, Ismaila Khan, Jahan Khan, Daulat Khan, Wadafar Khan, Haydar Khan, all of whom were just so arrogant. There were seeds as well, the Dar Ali. How can we count all the soldiers on the other side? They all came into the battlefield with such rage, and Mughlus Khan, the main general, was yelling out from behind, saying, You have all achieved such high rank from the emperor. You have respect. You have villages paying your tax. You have such great wealth. You have all forms of pleasure and happiness. And now, our master Shah Jahan needs our service. Why are you not at the ready? Why are you not at the front leading the battlefield? Why are you all scared and just protecting your lives? Don't become a Nimak Harami. Don't become ungrateful and disloyal, O oh brothers. Our army is so large. You all know the science of weapons warfare so well. We're all mounted up on the finest of horses. How will we run away and retreat? We wouldn't be able to go anywhere else if we did. We'll destroy the honor of our family. What will we ever be able to offer the emperor now if we can't even handle this small task? Look at what small army the Guru has. We have 10 times their amount. If we continue to fight and don't capture him, then what honor will remain with us? We'll capture him, kill him, or we'll die ourselves so that our name will remain with some honor in the world. So Didad Ali heard this and he spoke back saying, Guru Hargobind's arrows are so sharp and vicious. He's not allowing anybody to get in front of him. He's taking out two, three soldiers at a time. Whoever is hit by their arrows, they can't even speak at that point. And then there's a great warrior, Pandey Khan, who is just smashing people. He can even check a person on horseback. Nobody can handle him. He just finishes them off. You say that they only have a few warriors, but they are decimating our troops. How about you go ahead and see for yourself? There are thousands of Mughals who are laying dead on the battlefield. So Mughalus Khan heard this, how Guru Hargobind was such a great warrior. He was just insanely enraged. He himself went to the front lines to see. As he was going there, his left eye began to twitch. He sensed something was off. He knew that his end was coming. So all the soldiers of Mughalus Khan saw him pushing forward though, and they gathered their strength and they joined in. They all did a big volley fire from their rifles before approaching the sick lines. The bullets rained down on the six. Some were hit in the heart, others in the head. Some were hit in the limbs. In this direction, Guru Hargobind was just in bliss. He was imbued with a heroic spirit, Biras. He called over to Jati Malik, Bidichand, Pandeka, and telling them all, All the Turks have now assembled. Ready yourselves. Kill them with your weapons. Take your rifles. These weapons, which will make the enemy bow to you when they are hit. So the word here for rifle was namaskarani, ani meaning army, sarna. So that which makes the enemy bow to you as one who gets shot with a bullet, then immediately lays down on the floor, essentially like one does in salutation, namaskar. So Guru Hargobind is saying, load your rifles, prepare your bows and arrows. First fire off your rifles and arrows, and then upon getting close, take out your swords, chop them up, injure them. Don't get yourselves mixed up in their lines. Stay together as a unit, as one. Kill them all, but don't retreat. Push them back. The Guru has removed their strength. Do not worry. The exalted Guru Nanak is forever at our sides. Establish victory and kill them off now. 
all the warriors of Guru Hargobind saw the enemy forces and they just rushed towards them in anger. They listened to the command of Guru Hargobind and engaged with the enemy forces. The enemy, as a result of the command of the Guru, had lost all their strength and morale. All the Sikhs went forward and shot out their guns. They sent out bullets like rain at the Mughal Pathans, the Mughal army. The warriors were enraged and both sides now clashed. They stood tall and strong like pillars in the battlefield. Bullets poured down, the enemies were dropping. It was such a vicious battle and blood began to flow. Countless soldiers fell to the ground. Their faces, though, they were not afraid. They didn't want to retreat. In the battlefield, there was endless smoke from the rifles and countless dead. Many arrows were sent off now. The warriors were locked in, just clashing, enraged. Their eyes were red, their feet firmly planted, placed not to retreat. Both sides weren't pulling back. They either struck down or were cut down themselves. The heavenly damsels looked down at those who were fighting with such bravery. They were looking to who they would marry. These beautiful angels had radiant faces like the moon. Their bodies were light-skinned. They had eyes like deer eyes, and their mind was filled with such love. These angels roamed about the battlefield from above, marrying those brave warriors who fell after fighting bravely and obtaining shahidi martyrdom. They were so happy they would get to marry such brave warriors. Some warriors were on horseback, roaming, cutting people down, surrounding them and yelling at them. Guru Hargobind was sending off his arrows, desiring a victory in battle. These arrows were just decimating people, going right through the enemy. They would die right away. It was a vicious war. Blood was flowing. Birds were coming down to eat the meat. The jackals were also roaming around the battlefield. Both sides clashed and were merging with each other. Quickly, they were cutting each other down. Some were getting trampled by horses. There were Sarohi swords there, which were slicing through the enemy. There were Halabbi swords as well. These are right from the Damascus region near modern-day Jordan. There were other Damascus swords as well from Armenia as well. There were double-edged Kanda swords as well, which were glistening. Saf, straight swords as well. When these swords hit each other, they would break. And when they would hit armor, they would spark. Arms, shoulders, heads were all flying off. Some lost their fingers, some lost their hands. Blood was streaming everywhere. Some had their feet or legs chopped off and weren't able to get back up. Some had their kneecaps cut off. Some had their chests ripped open. There were just bodies on bodies piled up everywhere and heads were scattered around the battlefield. The warriors were chopping each other up into pieces. The swords were swinging in a manner how a carpenter cuts up pieces of wood. The rifles were now silent and everybody was fighting with swords, spears, close quarter combat. Everybody's fists and arms were just covered in blood. Arms and legs were piled up on the battlefield like somebody had cut branches from trees. The warriors were dead. They looked asleep, laying down on the battlefield, but their eyes were wide open, with blood pouring out of their wounds. Some were laying straight, others to the side. In some places, horses were running around, crushing bodies along the way. The warriors, covered in blood, were still standing. They looked like red flowers blooming in the month of Vasak, around April time, when the Kesu tree, called the flame of the forest tree, when it blooms with really red flowers, or it was like red flames bursting forth from a fire. Their swords, they looked like they were glistening like lightning coming out of the clouds. How far can we go on describing this battle? The warriors were in a pitched battle. The entire battlefield was now filled with 
blood and corpses. Horses at this point couldn't even manage to run properly over this terrain. So the warriors were fighting with close quarter combat, with swords, spears. People were getting chopped up, they were getting thrown on the ground. Others had exquisite swords with gold handles. Some other warriors, their swords just wouldn't move at this point. They were so scared, they just froze up like pillars. Others were so afraid, but they had lost their mind and they were just swinging around wildly without any skill. Their strikes wouldn't even cut a hair because they were not angling the weapon accordingly. Some others were on horseback trying to get their horses to go and while they were pulling out their swords, they would fall down. The Malish, the Mughal soldiers were yelling, saying, the metal, our weapons have betrayed us. When we are striking our strikes, we are not landing them. The six of the Guru though, they didn't have even expensive weapons. When they were on horseback at that point, their horses just took it off though. They were moving casually, but their movements were just like lightning speed. They were chopping down the Turks, the Mughal army, and the six, they were just so thrilled. All the Mughal army at that point was tired. They were basically on horseback for the last 21 hours. Remember, they attacked at night, so now it was daytime. The battle had now been raging itself for nine hours. So nobody really slept or had any food. The battle of the sword, close quarter combat, was very vicious. The attachment to the illusion Maya had spread over the Mughal army. Some were hungry, others were tired, others were just so enraged with Guru Hargaman. But it was like all their strength had been pulled out from them and given, blessed, to the six at that point. Out of the 7,000 force of the Mughals that had been sent there, basically all of them were dead. The ones who were left were afraid. For about another hour and a half, the warriors were slicing each other up with swords and then stepped back to their own sides. And the ones who ran away were left to run. The warriors of Guru Hargobind rested, they refreshed themselves, and Guru Hargobind then blessed them with more strength. It was from that strength that the six had destroyed the massive army of the Turks at that point. The great warriors like Bidhi Chand and Pandey Khan were so effective in their strikes that one strike would kill two to three enemies. They had killed countless in the battle. That's how chapter 13 concludes. In the next chapter, we're going to hear a plea from the Mughal side, an offer to Guru Hargobind to give up the hawk and to surrender. And we'll hear how that goes in the next chapter. So that's what we're going to pick up next time. But as always, I'd like to thank those who have been supporting the podcast through the Mangalacharan Patreon page. Sir,